there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Back in 1988, a Polish railway worker named Jan Grabetsky was hit by a train. He lived, but barely. For the next 19 years, until the year 2007, Grzebski laid in a coma. 19 years. He awoke in 2007 to a whole new world. 19 years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Grzebski noted that back then, the meat was rationed and there were huge lines at nearly every gas station. And there was, quote, only tea and vinegar in the shops. But 19 years later, he awoke into a world that was not only free, but he said there were people on the streets with cell phones and so many goods in the shops that it made his head spin, end quote. Something puzzled him, though. He said, it amazes me that all these people who walk around in their mobile phones, they never stopped moaning or complaining. He was baffled because these people had freedom that they never experienced when they never experienced the opposite. The food and the wealth was greater than he'd ever seen in the country and more than the country had for decades. And yet, Grabetsky woke from his coma to find that all they did was complain the more and more he listened. There I say today that if you don't get into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful for what you don't have. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of thanks. The power of thanks. Listen, there is tremendous power in thankfulness. There is tremendous power in being grateful for what God has given you, yes? Christianity is no different today. My friends, something really powerful happens when we recognize that God is God and no matter how bad things get our thankfulness affects us and those around us I want you to turn with me if you would to Psalm 136 in your Bibles Psalm 136 because it's going to kind of bring a perspective and I'm going to ask you to follow along with me I have a lot of verses I want to read so let's get let's get to it Psalm 136, beginning in verse 1. This, the, the version that I have on the screen is a little different. It's the New Living Translation. But follow with me, if you would. If you don't have that translation, it'll be up on the screen for today. Here it is. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And if you would, that second part, his faithful love endures forever. Can you say that with me if you follow the screen? Can you do that? Here we go. Verse 2. Give thanks to the God of gods. 
His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. The sun to rule the day. And the moon and the stars to rule the night. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. He brought out Israel out of Egypt. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. He led Israel safely through. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. He killed powerful kings. Siho, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. A special possession to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our weakness. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every living thing. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. I know it's really long and it's really redundant, but I think we need to be reminded that his faithful love endures forever. And, I, and there's a reason behind having to repeat that over and over again because the world will repeat its lies over and over again. It makes no apologies for the lies it fixates on you. I should never apologize for repeating over and over his faithful love endures forever. Friend, look at me. I want you to understand something. We have to put truth in our life three times as much as the enemy puts lies out. Because we are quicker to believe a lie than we are the truth sometimes. Is that right? We are quicker to believe a lie sometimes than we are the very truth of God. Some would view this passage as an overemphasis on God's goodness, but I would dare to say it is not telling how good God is. I would tell you that there's not enough verses in the scripture to tell you how good God is. And I wanted us to be reminded of the power of thanks. God, you are good to me. There is so much to be said about God's goodness and mercy. Would you agree? Americans were so desperately looking to be entertained by preachers. I come not here this morning to entertain you. I came to feed you with something that will feed your soul and your life for eternity. His faithful love endures forever. And I tell you this right now, there is power in thankfulness. There's power in giving thanks and understanding who God is. Listen, I'm, I, I tend to be someone that gets really passionate about things, and, and, but, but I want to tell you something. I need you to understand something here this morning you've been lied to that you can give too much thanks to someone. 
God can never get enough thanks because none of us could earn our way to heaven. Is it possible? Listen, is it possible that when you know who he is, you'll be better for it? When you know the person and the character of God that you would be better for it, is it possible? Every one of us are better when we know the character of God. The characteristics of his person are what make up the power that we display every day in our lives. Why do we understand joy to be joy? Because God has showed the example of that. Not because we're happy. You know happy is a shallow version of joy? I could have joy in my soul and be pain in my body. Going through turmoil in my body, but still have joy in my spirit. Because that joy comes from something more than my circumstance. I want to I teach you just a few things for the next two hours. I want to talk to you about recognizing God's perfect character. Okay, not two hours, but follow with me. If I preach shorter than that, you're happy, and I look like the hero. Let's move on. How to walk in the power of thanks. Number one, recognize God's perfect character. Our biggest problem is recognizing where God is in our circumstance, right? I'm not asking you to recognize God in your circumstance. I'm asking you to recognize God's character. You may not see it in the circumstance. Know who God is and focus on that. His character is his faithfulness. His character is joy. His characteristic is grace. If you see those things, your trial looks different. Let me go deeper. In verse 1, 2, and 3, it says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods and give thanks to the Lord of lords. What is that saying? It's saying, listen, know who's in front of you. God is Lord. He is God. Recognize him. Recognize he's in front of you right now. When you receive God's fullness, his character will begin to align with yours. When you start to seek God in your daily life, when you start to really want to spend time with him, look at me, when you start to spend time with God, his character starts to become your character. And that's the goal, isn't it? God forbid God should be more like us. Some of you ask, who is Gus? That's not what I said. He's not that godly either. God should not be like us. We should be more like him. And so when we take on his person, his character, we become more like him. And then when we recognize his character in situations, we say, how would God do this? If we don't know the character of God, how can we know who is from God and who is not from God? You ever met someone that you thought was one thing and the more you got to know them, the more you said, uh, not what I thought, right? Some of you are like, I dated someone like that, right? Some of you are like, I work with somebody like that. Day one, they were amazing. Day two, they were, <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. Day three, it was like, whoa. By the end of the week, you're saying, what just happened? Why? Because time reveals character. 
Time reveals character. Listen, I don't want to, I want to shake the boat too much, but who am I kidding? I do. I think the more and more people get to know us, the more and more we are real too. But if you decide and you make a decision to align your character with God's, your character will change. It has to. It just has to the more time you spend with God. Psalm 34, 8 tells us this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he, or blessed is he, who takes refuge in him. There's something about being close to him. Watch this now. There's something about being close to him that his loving character rub off on us. I have trouble with anybody that's been in the Lord for many, many years and they can't say a prayer out loud among people. Now I understand shyness. Can I tell you something? We gotta be able to spend so much time with him that I can pray. If you say, well, I'm one of those people. I've been in the Lord a long time. I can't pray in front of people. I'm not asking, I'm not saying that that will reveal that you're a sinner. I'm saying that there are things in your life that you just need to, you need to exercise every day so that when the time comes, you can pray with someone in the street. You could pray with someone in the marketplace. If you are completely immersed in fear, you need to ask God to take that from you because now is the time for us to be bolder than we've ever been before. The enemy is bold. He's taking giant steps toward eliminating God from everything you can. Right? It started with the schools, but that was just the beginning. Let's take God out of schools. Why are our schools so bad? I know the answer. Remember that time? Someone caught a hissy fit and decided to speak up and nobody else defended it? Why are our schools so bad? Why is there so much school shooting? Why much this? Why much that? Why is it? We've lost the character of God. As a nation, we've lost the character of God. Our leaders have lost the character of God. All of them. Many of them. There's some, I'm not saying all of our leaders. Let me, let me track a little bit. There's some amazing godly leaders in our leadership. In our nation today. There's some amazing ones. But it gets overshadowed by the mess that we see in our media. Yes? He is God. He is Lord. People often try to find themselves an alternative God. Let me find myself an alternative way to have peace. So they turn to things, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever it looks like, I'm going I'm to bury myself in that so that I don't feel the pain I have. Oh, it's other things too, by the way. It's not the big ones. Sometimes it's video games. Sometimes it's internet. Sometimes it's scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Sometimes it's understanding that everybody else's world is better than mine. You're comparing everybody else's chapter 20 to your chapter 1 and somehow claiming that your life isn't good. That's the beginning of ungratefulness, yes? When that happens, shut everything else down and start to focus on what you do have and what you do have is what God has given you. Number two, remember that God, remember God's works. 
We look at verses four through nine, and God did all these things. He did mighty miracles. He made the heavens. He placed the earth. He made the heavenly lights, the sun, the moon, and the stars. God's works, God's handiwork shows his goodness. God is working, amen? When you start to realize the power of thanks, listen, there is power in thanking God for who he is, and there is power for thanking God for what he does. You look throughout the entire psalm, verses 4 through 9, and you'll see it. It's thanking, Lord, you did this. You did that. And sometimes, before you even ask anything, why don't you, I'm going to dare you to do something. When you start to pray, I dare you to spend the first few minutes just thanking him for who he is and what he's done already. Because that'll change how you pray. Not only will it give you more faith, watch this, it'll also change your perspective as to what's important in your life. God is a miraculous creator. He is a master architect in design. He designed the universe. What makes you think he can't help you with your world? Hello? He designed the universe. You think he's troubled by your world? Oh, call on him today. Amen? Call on him today. I get, I get two amens. I'm working on three. There is truly a peace of a life lived in gratitude. My third point is simply this. Never got to a third point so fast in my life. <laughs> Rest in God's provision. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I mean by provision, right? The way he provided for you and your family when nobody else knew. The Lord told me to give this to you. Come on, somebody. You have no idea. I, I, can, I can stand here for so long and tell you how many times my wife and I prayed, Lord, I don't know how, where this money's gonna come from, I don't know how this bill's gonna get paid. I don't know what's going on here, but Lord, we trust you. And figuratively speaking, in some cases it was a mailbox. Something came in the mailbox. In some it was an email. In some it was dropped in my PayPal. Whatever that looks like, God has been good. He's worked that out. Because he's provided. And we look at verse 18 all the way down to 26. I read it just a moment ago. He provided a way out for the people of Israel out of Egypt. But listen, he's responsible for taking Israel out of Egypt. You're responsible for taking Egypt out of you. Should I close in prayer now? It's God's, listen, he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take you out. Let my people go. Right? I'm going to take care of that. But when are you going to let yourself go? And believe God for great things. Rest in his provision. Rest and understand that God meets my real needs, not just the things I want in my life. What am I talking about? He remembered us, verse 23, in our weakness. You ever been weak? Raise your hand. Verse 24, whoever had an enemy, raise your hand. 
Whoever was in need of food and God provided, raise your hand. Verse 25. Listen, we've all been in different circumstances, haven't we? Where we've been in need of God to step in and God's provision. You want to you live in the power of thanks? Come on, somebody. Begin to thank him. Stop looking at all the things you don't have. Look at the things you do. And say, God, all these things that you provided, all of my wants, that'll come. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But sometimes he doesn't give us what we want because our wants contradict with what we need. And when God has to choose between what you want and what you need, he's going to go with need every time. Unless you push the envelope and you get the want on your own. Then he's like, and I've, I've lived there. Anybody else live there? You would pray, you pray, you prayed, and God said no. And you prayed and you prayed and God said no. And you say, well, fine then, God. I'm going to bless it my own way. And then you do it, and then it messes up. And then you're like, God, you didn't come through for me. And God's like, because I wasn't in that. That was never my plan for you. You pushed it. You pushed your agenda. I try to veto it. You pushed it. And we've all been there. Come on. This is the hope and the comfort in our lives. And here's what I want to kind of bring home to you guys here today. That he would be so mindful that he would stand at the threshold of my doorstep and tell you, I stand at the door and knock. Are you hearing me? That he would love me so much that he would stand at the door and knock. Even after my unfaithful self wanted to do my own unfaithful thing. He stands at the door and knocks and he says, let me eat with you and you can eat with me. For God cares. Let me tell you what God cares about. Are you ready? God cares so much that he pays careful attention to these things. He pays careful attention to my need for the essentials of life. He cares so much that he pays attention to my need for redemption from sin. He cares so much that he he pays attention to the need for relationships with God and others. Friend, look at me. If you think you could live this Christian realm by yourself with no help from the church, who needs a church, who needs a fellowship? Everyone. The answer is everyone. Everyone needs fellowship because you, my friend, will burn out by yourself. You need me. I need you. We need each other. One is the hand. One is the arm. One is the leg. One is the eye. One is the ear. One is... Are you following? Everybody has a part in this body. And God cares so much and he pays so much attention to that. I want you to know today, God cares about you and he cares about using you to reach others. Some of you ask, maybe in your mind, you're thinking, what does this, I know it's as we approach Thanksgiving, right? Uh, and, And next week we'll have a guest, so I won't be sharing in the Thanksgiving week, so to speak. So this is my uh, alternative way to go back door a little bit here. But understand this, that as we approach this season, understand this, that there's a reason why thanks, there's a power of thanks. 
Because the power of thanks doesn't just allow you to influence and be, be uh, affected by that thankfulness, right? But also to thank God for others and be used to bless others. Because when you realize how good God has been to you, you realize that you're not the center of the world. I know, it's crazy. You're not the center of the world, right? Some of you, this is, this is bad news. I'm sorry. But there are other people. God is like, I see other people. You're not the only one, right? I love my creation. I love my children. When we think that somehow the power of thanks stops and ends it with me, it doesn't. Here on this missions month, I need us to understand this. The power of thanks affects everyone. That's what, that's what drives us to be a part of missions. That's what drives us to be a part of the mission here. Amen? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you for a moment. And when we pray, we'll begin to get an understanding as to where we are with that. So Father, right now in this room, we are so grateful for your person, your character, who you are, what you've done. All those things play a part in, the, in knowing you and in being, being effective for you. I pray today in Jesus' name that you will give us the opportunity in this room to first take a moment and look at ourselves and see what it is that we need to give to you today. First of all, it's thanks. Thank you, God, for how you loved us so much that you gave your only son. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you give us hope, healing, and forgiveness in Christ Jesus. I'm asking you in this room, give us the opportunity, God, to not just be a part in, uh, ourselves, but to invite others to be a part of the goodness of God. Affect us in deep and mighty ways, I pray. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I pray these things in the name that is above every name that we may get to the ends of the earth and as we look at the power of thanks oh God we can begin to understand that if we implement thankfulness in our hearts in our lives we won't be the only ones changed thank you may we, may we be fully satisfied with your provision your character and your works in Jesus' name we thank you.